In this special Valentine's episode of Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, sparks will fly. And it's not how you think. I mean, we're talking about Matt generating static electricity with our good viewer, Victor, because I think they're Valentine's together or something. Oh, I felt a, I felt a charge building, that's for sure. You're going to have to listen to this show. Live from Pahrump, this is Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. This is the show. Whoa, are you undressing on? It's Valentine's Day, yeah. Day, Matt. Well, let's get a little wow. steam in here. It's okay, I got, I got some stuff. Yeah. So well, this is there's your- There's more coming off. Don't worry. This is your motorcycle, motorcycle-related products question show. We answer them as we get the questions. So we sometimes we go live a little bit early. We do a pre-show on the Instagrams, which we did. And we had a really good question from 628 Motorsports while Matt gets undressed. If yep. you were smart enough, you would actually, as a good producer, you'd push that button and go yeah. to my camera. Don't let me tell you how to do your job. Just do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So hey, I'm co-hosting and producing tonight. Push, push the button. This button right here. And go to my camera. Okay, that's not one of the two buttons okay. that starts the show. Doesn't matter. But now the show has started, and then yeah. you could take your clothes off yeah. in private. Well, I wanted to re reveal... One of the presenting sponsors for tonight. Okay. And that's, we like to make sure that we do talk about our sponsors. Our yep. sponsors are Yamaha, Takamoto, Scott Sports. Should I slow down and talk about each one of them? I'm going to talk about Climb. I'm going to talk about our product of the week is the Climb Inversion Glove, by the way. This, I wore this all day today. Actually, I covered up the microphone when I did that. Uh, so, and it was very, very happy with my gloves. Um, I, I can't really talk much more about it right now. I have to, I might, we have to, might have to call somebody. So uh, let's see. My intro needs to be like the Chicago Bulls and add to the 1990 with lights and Alan Parsons. Uh, 628 Motorsports, you need to go to our other thing and listen to and yeah. watch our, um, our intro on the YouTubes and the Facebooks. It's, mm -hmm. not, it's not bad. I mean, it's just, it sounds. Right. It's and it's a it sounds and it's a countdown clock. But uh, so anyhow, back to uh, what we were talking about. Which was DDC, yep. our first sponsor, DDC. Right here behind me, makers of fine uh, chain wheels, uh, sprockets is uh, what most of us call them. Nate was uh, without hesitation said, yeah, I want to support the show and uh, has been continuing to help us out. And he'll forever help us out just because. That's the loyalty we have here. Mm -hmm. uh, Trail Tech, fast company. Had a really awesome talk with Cole the other day. We just started chatting about like, well, I needed a couple things. Mm -hmm. So we were talking about different things. And, then, and we, we were talking about his, his son, who's doing crazy good at racing right now. Yeah, Team Green Deal. Right, right. And uh, that's really just cool. like adapting to a different bike and uh -huh. just different things like that. So it was awesome to talk to Cole. They, the guys at Fast Company and... I think like I was talking with uh, Jay Clark, if you want to hear a good episode, Matt said it was one of his most favorite. Yeah, yeah it was it was a top five bordering top three for me. Okay. Jay Clark from Dirt Bike TV mm -hmm. uh, was, he went riding with us. That was the most important part. Yeah. He, he yeah. did a ride. Guy, you know, it's funny. The guy went riding with today didn't stick around to no, co-host. No, no. And, and, and this guy, uh, I may or may not have included his name in the title. Oh, of the show. Of this show. That... So, so people are probably joining, expecting some Ricky. What was his? Uh, uh Brabic. Brabic. That's the way my yeah. mach my machine says it. Anyway, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, Ricky had to go. 
He he literally had he, it's mm. I guess it's Valentine's Day. Some something like that, yeah. So I'll get into that in a minute. But right. anyways, uh, so I got to answer six twenty eight Motorsports. Oh, we got more. Yeah, we got more sponsors. Bullet Bulletproof Designs. Designs sponsoring. Uh, That's a nice fitting shirt there, man. I'm glad you nice took all yeah. your clothes off to show me that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I've been working out. Just gotta and show a, it off. And of course, double take mirrors. Uh, sometimes we have discount codes for these. Sometimes we have giveaways on this show when Ooh. someone sends us a good email or. They ask a good question. We have items that we're able to uh, distribute to, Which, you know, basically just to help our fan base. But, okay, I'm getting back to 628 Motorsports. He asked, like, what mods should he do to his um, – I'm going to get back to the question here. I had to scroll down. Uh, he said – uh, but we had one person that said lean back and gas it, which confused me. What mods to 1980, 1994 XR250R do you suggest for trail riding? So I will tell you the number one thing that you can do to that bike is the 280 kit. And I, at the time I was racing, riding for Al Baker's XRs only. They're still in business. Um, and I think Freddie owns it and runs it. And when I was doing it, it was Al was, was there. They spent a lot of time getting that 280 kit. We played with a lot of different squish bands and a lot of different um, compression ratios to get that 280 kit working the way that it did. And it's just a bolt on. And and there's something about, and this isn't just this isn't just the XR250. This is 254 strokes in general, giving them a little more displacement just to 270, 280. It's incredible the performance increase you get. I don't know what it is. And and I and I always kind of think about certain things that are, you know, a certain level of volumetric efficiency or whatever it is. But it's – I think like motorcycles at 250 cc's just have a choke chain on them. And they, they do not – they just don't work that good unless you do really crazy stuff to them. Without increasing the displacement, increasing the displacement makes a huge gain uh, on on how that bike performs. So the very first thing I would do would be get a 280 kit for that bike and you will be very happy. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I know XRs only would probably have it and they would understand it and they probably have the jetting specs for because you will have to jet it. They probably have the jetting specs for when I was racing those things. I wish I could get that bike back. It was, I, it came back and mm -hmm. it, it went to XRs only and it kind of floated around. Yeah. And I saw it in the desert a couple times. Cause like Al would let someone or Al, no, Al wouldn't. Cause Al was by that time was, uh, paralyzed <laughs> or not oh. paralyzed, no coma. Um, unfortunately. So, Oh no. Uh, do we have people that are going to pop into the Yo, Zoom chat? Yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was going to bring them on after after this question. Okay, so here's how we're going to work. We we the the seat concepts hot seat hotline is now a Zoom. It's a Zoom thing. link. Yep. We have it in the thing. And what you what you're supposed to do is Matt explain to it. You want to come in there, yep. make a comment. Talk. So exactly. So when you click on this link, you will have the opportunity to actually come live on air. Now you're if you have a face cam, you can go ahead and throw it on. But the requirements are once you come into the click the Zoom link. Go ahead and put in the chat, the Zoom chat, what exactly you want to talk about. And I actually, if you're going to show your face, I need your face cam to come on before I actually bring you on the air. 
So these are going to be the rules is I need to know what you're going <laughs> to talk about. And I need to see the face cam before you actually come on air. If, and if I can if shut gonna, you down pretty quickly if if we're going to do video, but also video. but also they can come in just as a call. Correct? You can come in just it's as just, a call. You do not need to show only. your face if you don't want to. So right. this is something new. We're kind of going away from the phone lines because yeah. they were kind of problematic. So I want to I want to stand out from other shows. I don't want to follow. I want to be. A leader. Yeah, yeah, that's good, Matt. So, which is really what he's saying is he couldn't figure out how to get the phone lines to work properly, and he's doing it this way. So, uh, no comment. Okay, good. All right. So, with that, actually, we'll uh, bring Chris on the show right now. So, I'll get him to unmute right here. A628, if I answered your question good, uh, Zoom idea is cool. Yeah, uh, for sure. Join on. Hey, I, I saw this guy named Brian Horton. Remember him? I remember him. Yeah, yeah, that guy. That guy um, showed up. Lors Moto <laughs> is also on the uh, Instagrams. Okay. And when, when so we, we clip you, when we clip you guys on Instagram, you have to go to one of our our regular things. I know that guy. Yeah, Mister uh, Chris Rirell. I recognize I him. Yeah, he looks like he's lounging. Yeah, no, he he looks like <laughs> it's strange. It looks like he's having a good time watching the show. That's strange. Yeah. You sh- I, if I were watching this show, Chris, I would be throwing things at the screen I was watching it at. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing really good. I'm doing really Just kinda, good. Kind of relaxing tonight. Yeah, trying to warm up because I froze to death the, the, today and yesterday. Yep. Uh, I heard it was freezing today. We, Yeah, I, I was riding with a guy who tended to complain a lot about the temperature. He, he said he wished it was 110, not 36. And... Um, I disagreed with them heavily because, I mean, I was really happy in my gear. I was I was comfortable, relaxed. It was I, my fingers weren't cold or anything. None of this stuff. I was good. So and and the the snow was just falling just enough to put about like an inch on the ground. So I was leaving a big black stripe mm-hmm. for him to follow. It was awesome. Yeah. So, how can we help you today, Chris? Hey, I was just uh, wondering, uh, you know, what do you think the top 10 trail rides, you know, for for guys that want to travel around um, and experience some different things? What What's your opinion of the top 10 trail rides to, to go on? Top 10 trail rides. Uh, you, you know, <laughs> are, are you baiting a hook that, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to bite on? No, well, I, they don't have to be secret rides, just, just. Well, where not, you know, not, if you're in a it's, certain part of the country, where would you go? If you're going to Tennessee or you're going to Nevada, where would you like? Not even the, the ride, just the area. What's the area? More better question. You go to you're in Nevada, so do you like riding Perope or Caliente or Pioch or Vegas? Or, yeah, I, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna have to say that this is a question that I may not be able to answer, <laughs> just because. <laughs> Here in 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 all honesty, here's uh here's the reason why I don't I deflect on these questions all the time because I spend a lot of time riding dirt bikes and a lot of time a lot of time finding places to ride dirt bikes where and, and sometimes it's by mistake and other times it's by invite and other times it's just pure I want to go ride there. And a lot of it came from uh, when I was racing when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And we, we got to race in cool places, you know, whether you're racing in Colorado or Utah or Idaho or or Michigan or Florida or, you know. And then, and then you started learning about different terrains and different areas. And 
I'll tell you, once you cross the Mississippi, this is just my, you know, just once you cross the Mississippi, you are so limited on where you can ride compared to the Western states. Uh, just they, there's just not there, there's a lot more private property and a lot less public land. So and then and then the public lands tend to be pretty restrictive. It seems to be like private land that that clubs or 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 people that own loan uh, um, own large properties allow that. So uh, east of the Mississippi, I'm I'm not that. I don't, I'm, I'm not that fluid in, but, you know, west of it, once you're into, you know, into the western states, I've ridden pretty much everywhere you can. And in all honesty, I, I mean, the problem is the internet just spreads out. You know, people, you can watch videos all day long that say, this is the best trail ride, 10 best, to your, to your question, Chris, um, I've seen people, you know, answer that in a, in a YouTube video and, Number one, my my uh, my initial reaction is I just don't even want to watch it. But then I'm like, okay, what? Where did they say? And then when they when they miss the point, when they miss the good ones, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I I, I kind of even refrain because there are certain states that when I was when I was growing up and younger, that you know, for instance, I'm not even going to say the state because because it's funny because it's coming back because. People rode there a lot and then it got kind of the main stuff got beat up, but now there's the secondary stuff that's actually pretty good and it's kind of coming back around. And so there, there was a state that got super beat up and everybody was going there because everybody knew that that was the place to go. And, and, and it doesn't take much to, 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 to go, to the forest service and get a motor vehicle use map or whatever. But here's, here's my, I guess the, the, the core essence of this is like, if you, if somebody hands you something and you don't have to work for it, like here is all the best trails. Here's Jimmy's 10 best trails. I'm going to hand them to you and I'm going to give it to you. And you don't have to work on it, work for it. You're not going to, you don't feel like you've, owned it you know you don't, you don't feel like you've had to work for it and therefore you you're going to hand it to everybody else because it was you got it for free and that's what it's worth to you and that's it and especially with trail use you know trails can only handle a certain amount of density and if i said this is the best trail i put up a video up on the on the internet so youtube somebody this is the best trail ever i promise you that in less than a year that will not be the best trail ever because too many ding-dongs will go out there and wreck the trail and they'll tell their friends. And then generally the best trail is really close to other really good trails. And when the best trail gets ruined or people that don't have the skills to ride on the best trail, they go on other trails and they ruin the other trails. And some of these people don't pick up their trash. And 99% of these people never go back to even – They'll never go back to a work day or, you know, a trail maintenance day. You know, there's there's states that have, you know, state rides where they go and do this kind of stuff. And and so when I when I go, oftentimes when I go ride in other places that are not my area and somebody will take me on a ride that they show me their good, you know, the, the good, they'll link the good trails together. They'll show me the good stuff. It's like, I promise them I'm not coming back. And I'm the first guy to say, hey, when is the trail work day? Or I've got my chainsaw 
You know, I've got my hedge trimmer. I have, you know, I have no problem helping you with a rock bar or whatever. So this is the way that I would answer this question. This is why I, I, I'm going to politely refrain from, uh, Answering your question is it is that acceptable, Chris? Well, yeah, but that you, you kind of missed the you know my uh, uh, my point is like an organized trail ride you know, uh, in, in an area like a dual sport ride. You know, I don't want to know. You know, I mean, you know, you know, what are some very noteworthy? Well, let me rephrase it: events you know that are not a race, but a you know a a ride where you can experience you know, the, the local flavor, you know, um, as an example, I rode the great Smoky mountain dual sport ride some years ago. And, you know, it was laid out by a club. It was a public, you know, you know, uh, event. And uh, this California boy got his backside handed to him by kudzu. I had no idea what kudzu was. Right. And so, okay. So, 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 so if we're, if we start talking about events um, and, and I'm, I'm going to be biased a little bit here because of course I work with Nora on the Mexican 1000 and people always want to go to Baja and do Baja and they want to do rally. And want, if you want to take rally, which is something a lot of our viewers are interested in and, and you want to do Baja, you could not buy a custom tour to go do Baja any better than going do the Nora Mexican 1000. And then if you really want to do it, go with a guy like Tim Morton from Baja bound who runs an incredible service oh, yeah. to, to go do it. So that's, 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 that's Mexico. Okay. Got, we got Baja. Uh, I have places <laughs> in Mexico that I like to ride that I'm not even going to talk about <laughs> unless you want to do the Sonora rally, uh, which is like the whole next level. Uh, I have not done the Nevada 200. I know you're you're a big fan of the Nevada 200, Chris. That's definitely uh, one of your favorite rides, correct? Yeah, I've got 32 or 33 finishers, finisher pins from that. And, and, I, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I really like the Nevada uh, 200, you know, what you know, Scott Harden has done up there. And I like the and community. K and Casey, yeah, and, and for sure, and, Casey. And yeah, and, and, you know, just, you know, riding in that area. I like the ride itself, but, you know, riding some of the, you know, seeing some of the stuff going up the little town of Pioch or down to, you know, you know, some of the other, you know, sites, you know, that, that general terrain, I really, you know, I really enjoy that. And, and, you know, I'm starting to enjoy some of the adventure touring stuff too. So, you know. Yeah. So, um, as far as like, you know, some different other different events, I, I do stuff at the Tour Tech Rally, which somebody mentioned in our chat, which is an awesome, uh, awesome event up in the Pacific Northwest. I've done the Tour Tech Rally back in Pennsylvania. And actually in Pennsylvania, um, they have some good public lands. They run a they run a, a national enduro on some of the same trails and then they combine it with a lot of uh, nice roads. So that that's a that's a good event. Somebody's mentioning the Desert 100 in uh, Odessa, Washington. Aaron, uh, I don't have any, um, I don't have any, uh, experience with that. Although my good buddy, Paul Neff won it last year. Uh, so I, I know where it's at. It seems a little bit hoopty doos for me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I did plenty of hoopty doos in my life, my, in my life. <laughs> uh, I guess, uh, what other, what other events like, 
the 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 Idaho City ISD qualifier um, was always a really good uh, event, and I think I'm trying to remember the name of the club, Boise Trail Riders, Idaho City. Uh, I think they call it the 100 now. Also, but it's a it's a basically ISD qualifier. That's a that's a really good one. What others? And there's some there's some really good enduros in Colorado. Um, there's uh, a couple a couple that I've heard about in Arizona that I want to do. And then, like uh, Bobby Coleman mentions, all the BDR routes, the backcountry discovery routes. So it it really depends on what you're trying to do, and it's it's not hard to find some good stuff and and a lot of the stuff that's public you can you can take that and you don't have to it's not like it's written in stone you don't have to ride the course that's exactly on the bdr you know you can go explore off of the bdr and it'll take you into some really good um, areas Uh, the tour of idaho for instance uh one uh, it was it was a it was a top 10 kind of trail ride for me but i don't think most people like riding for eight or nine days now i think it's 10 or 11 days straight oh wow uh you know six in the morning till five o'clock at night i have a video about that it's on Hmm? uh, tour search jimmy lewis tour of idaho and you can find find that but there's it's not hard to find stuff i just wish that people would when they find the nugget that they find they they run into a trail someplace you know whether we all know that we all know the the different spots and people that have been riding for a long time. I think they tend to be like me. They're a little cautious about doing it. People that have just gotten into it find the best thing ever and they want to throw it up on on their socials. On the socials and they don't realize the 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 the, the consequences of of doing that. So right, right. Yeah, I I hope that. I hope that there's some learning in there, especially these people now that they've been in. There's some of them that have been into it three and four years now. And in the beginning, they're real ding-dongs about putting stuff up. But they've uh, kind of kind of graduated and educated from that. But And there, there's a few rides that that I still want to do. I mean, there's still places I want to go, um, you know, do kind of, a, like, like Chris says, maybe some organized events. And do you ever see the picture, like, you know what really pissed me off, Chris, is I saw pictures from like the Taft Grand Prix and the and the Big Six Grand Prix right before it. These kind of rolling green grass hills. Do you do you see any of those? Yeah, yeah. That that I want to do, <laughs> but it involves racing. So I'll just go to SRA Grand Prix at Glen Helen once a month if I ever get back to it. Those are fun. By the way, if you want to go do a Grand Prix, SRA Grand Prix at Glen Helen are some of the best. Some of the just super low key, super fun, good times. So cool. Hopefully, I answered that question. Yeah, <laughs> thank you, Chris. Yeah, thanks. Uh, uh, enjoying the show. I like the new format. You guys are doing a good oh, what, job. What, so wait, wait. We have a new format. Well, you know. Yeah, it's called competence. Competence. That's the new format. Oh. I, I'm trying. I'm trying to do better. <laughs> I keep, yeah, I keep changing it up. That's what we like. Hey, hey, hey right. can can Thank we you, can we can we have you on for an oil change segment? Sure. <laughs> Chris's oil uh, oil talk of the week. Last week when we, when Jay was on, yeah, we we brought up oil, yeah, because he was he was a clots guy, and I brought up Duralube, 
and we brought up Calgard. We brought up all the oils. We brought up Maxim. We brought up all the different things. And the chat board just went nuts. Oh, yeah. It literally, the, 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 like, it's just like everybody listed their favorite oil, like religion. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you invite me up for tacos and tequila and I'll, I'll be there. Bring that turbo thing, that, that Razor, uh, the Honda, uh, what do they call that? Talon. Yeah, sure. Which one do you want? Do you want the 100 horsepower stalker? You want the 150 horsepower warmed up one? Or do you want the 250, 275 horsepower one? Uh, let's let's have the one that skims over hoops really good and and handle and jumps a little bit. Let's which, have that one. Okay. Which everyone can which everyone can beat the five seventy. Beat the Husserig five seventy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, it's not impossible. <laughs> yeah, you, right. you 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 want you want to play with four wheels? I, I yeah, I'll I'll drag a toy up there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sweet. All right. I Thank blew you. a belt out in mine, so I'm like I need a new toy. Well, yeah. This has a transmission. <laughs> okay. I ain't got no belts. I, yeah, I know. That's what I was saying. So, <laughs> right. okay, Chris, good to see you again. Okay, take care, buddy. Take we'll care. See, we'll see you later. Bye. Okay, so we're gonna clip everybody on the um, on the grams on the grams right now. So, thank you for joining. If you're still there watching, uh, Matt says go to our YouTube or Facebook page. Yep. Or no, YouTube or go to yeah, go to YouTube or Facebook for sure. It's at Dirt Bike Test. Hey, thanks a lot for joining in on this platform, and we'll see you soon. Yeah. So hey, that, now, that was a. I think that was our first successful just calling on the new hot seat hotline. Because uh, when I switched it to Zoom, not a lot of people have been. Uh, I'm, pat- I'm patting Matt on the back. Oh right no, now. thank you, thank you. You know, I was doing that myself, but I, I well, appreciate you trying. I do in. that my entire life. I just right, pat myself on the back. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, well, apparently I got kicked out of a boy band. You did? Yeah, I did. I guess. I mean, that's what. Uh, Matt got kicked out of a boy band. Wait, that is a lie. Uh, JB Black, I have a video I'm going to send you. I I told somebody he wasn't sponsored today, but I still put a sticker on him and told him he was in the club. If you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, so, we had a a, a a question here. Actually, okay, I'm going to go to. So this was from Curtis Grimes. Happy Tuesday, guys. Looking for a street setup for my 23 FE501S. Going between a supermoto setup or. Uh, supermoto setup or getting another set of stock rims and something like uh, the battle axe or similar. Can y'all recommend one way or another thinking stock sizing for ease of swap over? Thanks. So, I mean, I'm, we're dirt bike tests. So we're probably the, not the ideal place to ask a question about supermoto setups, but having raced supermoto in the past, um, I know a little bit, if not a lot about it, and I would, I mean, going to the, to the, whatever the current best size wheels are. And I, and I don't know, cause there was, there were 16s and 17s and 16.5s. They were always changing around. Like I said, this is why I'm not the best person. Cause I've lost touch with it. I wish Scott Hoffman were here. Cause mm-hmm. Scott would know what, exactly what it is. What is Scott up to these days? I don't know. Okay. Uh, it's hiding. So the, you know, if you're going to switch to those wheels, if you want to get the best out of it, because even if you take the stock, I think that's what you're asking. Do you do with the 18 and 21 inch rims and going to to some like more street oriented type tires, like something that would come on a on an adventure bike? It, it it's it's a big, big difference because having that front end lower, you know, with the smaller wheel and and getting the bigger brake on it because you have a bigger contact patch. Cause there's the difference between supermoto 
is you're on road and you have 100% traction. And in dirt, you have a lot less traction. So we can get away with a smaller, less width front wheel. So when you go to supermoto, you want as big of fat of a front tire as you can have. And that's where all your turning and all your braking comes into play. So there's all kinds of setups and stuff. But um, you know what? I would just tell them straight up. What's that? Don't wreck a good dirt bike. Yep. Yeah. Don't, that don't sounds... wreck it. They, you know, Husky and I think still KTM sell a special edition. Supermoto. Yeah. Supermoto bike. They, they, they. It's every, a 690, isn't it? Uh, not the, they have 690 ones too, but they actually, I think they do a 501 or a 450 version that they do like a factory edition. Mm-hmm. They do a, a limited release on these things, I think every year. So just buy that or, or look at what that is. However, that bike is spec'd out. That's the way you want to do it. Cause believe it or not, they do it right. Hmm. So yeah, they do make a 701 uh, Supermoto thing. Which, uh, is Supermoto making a comeback? Because I feel like I'm seeing more and more of those. People are riding them around on the street. Okay. I mean, I mean, it's definitely a, a thing. You know, they mm-hmm. they, they, they want to get like their hooligan bikes. And when you're, if you're trying to do hooligan stuff on a full-size street bike, you're going to, just like the adventure bikes, you know, mm-hmm. you, they think they can ride them like a dirt bike and it doesn't work. Yeah. Same thing. You know, you the, the smaller, lighter bike allows you to, to to learn more when you're doing it, to get away with more when problems start. And that's that's the kind of thing. I I as far as like if you wanted to learn how to go fast on a street bike, a super motorbike is a great way to do that. Mm-hmm. Because it's slow, but then it, it has handling characteristics and you learn about traction, especially front end traction, what you can do. But yeah, and what killed Supermoto originally was uh, yeah. the economy in 2008 and then price of tires, right? Hey, Curtis, at least we will admit that we don't know what we're talking about, even though we probably know 95% more than most people that would mm-hmm. talk about it. You know who I used to race against in Supermoto? Scott? Uh, a little bit Scott, but uh, just it's crazy because it was Jeremy McGrath, Troy Lee. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott Russell, Mark Cernicki, who is also working at the same magazine I was working at, Mike Metzger. Oh, really? Was doing Supermoto. I mean, just the the list of guys that got into that when it was when it was fresh and new. There was some flat trackers uh, that were into it that were that were really good. I I can't remember all the names because I'm horrible with names, but just the 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 amount of guys that kind of jumped in in that early phase of Supermoto was was crazy mm-hmm. that's cool though so hey, you know the other thing about supermoto is if you can get an inertial damper for your rear swing arm look this thing up that was like cheating because all that hop that you get in the rear wheel when the wheel reel starts chattering mm-hmm. it it fixes that huh. so okay all right so you ready for some uh some questions from our from our sheet here okay we got some questions in the chat though because like seamarsh says which one and why are we talking about valentine's day i have no idea what we're talking about i I actually don't know why i'm trying to figure out (laughs) which one and why i don't know what that's for neither do i so that's why i was (laughs) not really (laughs) so what is what is mike k-m-e-t have the last dude on check out Trans uh, Transital- Transitalia Marathon starts in Rimi, uh, Italy. Italy, super fun four day ride in central Italy. Not a race, fun rally. I've been going on since uh, 
since 2016. Hmm. I wonder if Mike, so when I was a kid, when I was like younger than you, mm-hmm. there was a rock station in, in uh, Los Angeles called KMET. It was like, there was KMET and KLOS. Okay. They were the rock stations. Cause we didn't have like a internet radios or whatever you kids have these days. No podcast no, podcast. no, no podcasts, mm-hmm. no sound clouds, no any stuff. And if, if you're listening to this, you can find us on uh, Apple Podcasts, you know, share it with a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. He's just typing like crazy. Yeah. See, KMET rocks. <laughs> yeah. So there was bumper stickers and you either had a KLOS bumper sticker. Or you had a KMET bunk bumper sticker. Uh-huh. Yep. Showing my age there, brother. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> so, Okay, next cool. question. You All right. There. So this was actually submitted from uh, Colin Bowman. He wants to ask Jimmy a couple questions that you might have some answers to. So oh, what, likely. Likely. So what is it about some single cylinder bikes like the Sierra 450L and WRR that make the motor so much smoother than the average single? So the WRR, which is the the Yamaha that's the 250, I believe. Yes, which I don't think they make anymore. Do and they? which what was the other one you said? CR uh, 450L, and then the yeah, the WRRs. So they, they, I think they, they have heavier cranks and heavier um, flywheels, and I believe that they, you know, they're they're very careful about just the balance. You know, the balance and counterbalance. They have counterbalancers in there. And unlike a competition motor that may have a smaller counterbalancer, these have more counterbalancers. But they also they'll dampen things, whether they're dampening the 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 with the clutch basket or dampening in the hub. You know some of the some of the drive characteristics. But I I don't necessarily know that they're that much smoother than anything else. But they're also sometimes the the heavy the mass of the bike. Just having a heavier bike kind of makes them feel a little bit smoother, or, you know, gives them more planted feel as well. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of hoping that answers that question. Robert Miller chimed in with heavier cranks, flywheel, rev less, and heavier piston. Yeah, heavier piston is going to – well, you have to counteract the heavier piston with the counterbalancer because mm-hmm. the piston flying up and down, which is heavier, um, has to be counteracted. Okay. And so he's also asking about uh, the Takamoto magnetic oil filter. Just uh, I have. What's your thoughts on it so far? Um, I'm interested uh, in what it's doing, but I'm not totally, I'm not totally sold on it um, just yet because mm-hmm. what I've been doing is I've been taking it in and out of bikes, bikes with normal filters and putting it in and seeing what excess stuff it pulls out. Right. And then, and then I've been doing multiple changes with it. So it's been getting a workout and I've been like wiping paper towels with it and taking pictures of what I get out of it, mm-hmm. comparing it to what's on the magnetic drain plug, you know, cause it's a magnet also. And then, and then I've been popping filters back into new filters back into an engine that's been running with that. So I've been testing it. I just haven't come to a conclusion yet. Mm-hmm. Takes a little bit of time. Got it. Okay. So There's a lot of questions in there. Uh, this is actually just one giant question. And I was actually going to ask. Can you summarize it? Uh, I'm going to summarize it. Essentially, it uh, talks about how great the T7 is. 
Like, we don't need any ad reads from Yamaha anymore. I can just read what he says about the T7. Oh, really? Let's go ahead and do it. (laughs) Let's see. He grabbed the T7 because you said it's the jam. I have to say he's he has to say he's impressed with it. It's been great front in Canyon Roads, even with the Scorpion tires. The handling and steering feel just incredibly good. Ergonomics are just about perfect for relaxed riding, seating, or standing. The tank area is a bit large but makes it hard, and makes it hard to get way far forward on the bike, but it's doable. ABS works even better off-road than he was led to believe it would. Don't have to turn. He feels he doesn't have to turn it off all the time. On the other hand, he has no idea how the rear brake setup made it out of the factory. At least it's an easy fix with the Camel ADV. Uh... He's running your settings uh, on the suspension, and he finds that it's way better than the stock settings. Uh, but when it gets rough, he wants to slow it way down. Wait, 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 whoa! He wants to slow it way down. Like I'm running what? your stock. I'm running your settings as a baseline, and it's way better than the stock settings. But when it gets rough, slow way down. Oh, okay. I read that wrong. Yeah. Oh, oh. So he's saying he slows down. Slows down when that's it gets rough. the smart thing. Yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. It's venture bike, not dirt bike. She doesn't like the wheels getting very far off the ground. A bit more travel and a high speed compression would go a long way, but it's still very fun as a lower speed trail bike. Climb over obstacles instead of jumping over them. Behaves nicely. This is a very long one. question. Thanks for the ad read, though. Uh, there's the weight. Then there's the weight. She's heavy. I imagine it'd be easier to get it in some nasty positions on a trail where I'm not used, where I'm not sure I'd be able to get it out alone. I ride past hills and trails uh, that I normally would go up on a no- on another dual sport bike. I th- he wants to dump the better part of a hundred pounds off this monster if he wants to keep it long term. A uh, uh, hundred? You're not going to get a hundred pounds off of it. Mm-hmm. So. But he's saying that uh, he he should, he could probably uh, lose some some of that weight we hitting the gym. No, no, but, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. Oh, hundred pounds off himself or off the bike? I don't think he. I think off off the bike. But he's saying he's going to start off. Let by me just let me just tell you himself. something about motorcycles in general. Is when your motorcycle is balanced, it weighs the same as any other motorcycle that is balanced. Mm-hmm. The problem with larger adventure bikes and stuff is. When they get out of balance, they become very, very, very problematic in an exponential fashion. So think about that (laughs) when you're you're, uh, working on stuff. And like, how do we do that? I have a – oh, this episode is brought to you by www.jimmylewisoffroad.com. I tend to teach riding schools. No, I do teach riding schools. Yeah, you have one this weekend. Oh, yeah. We have a class this weekend. We have spots. Oh. Spots this weekend and in our – Last question, our last uh, in our, it's February, March. We have spots in our March class. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you want to become a better rider, I promise you, I absolutely promise you, you can learn one or two things from uh, us at the school. A lot of it has to do with balance. Balance and traction. Balance and traction. The two most important things. And thank you to Yamaha. That's YamahaMotorsports.com. I know Tenere's are hard to get, but evidently there's a lot of them in Southern California, I've heard. Oh, nice. They're they're available in Southern California. So I think to answer kind of the question he's alluding to about the weight of it, rather than spending money to lose some weight on it, he should uh, just practice his balance. Right. That's pretty much how. Yeah. And don't get, don't let the bike get out of balance. And that takes a lot of practice as well, just Mm -hmm. because you, you literally need to, um, 
you need to anticipate a lot of times. You can't just keep it in balance all the time. You have to anticipate what's coming at you. But this is the kind of stuff we talk about in school, and that's mm-hmm. uh, the Better Writer podcast. Yeah. Which you, can, we... you can find that on the iTunes as well. Yep. Um, Spotify, Google Podcasts. So Seamarsh has a question. Okay. So Seamarsh well, – yeah. So I think this is the one he was alluding to earlier. Uh, which bike to buy and why? Currently on a 2017 YZ250X off-road only. He's riding off-road only. 250, uh, YZ250FX, Beta 200, KTM 350 EXE. Those are... So I'm glad that Seamarsh is just throwing out... He's going he's gonna to make his buying decision 100% based on what I say. That's a wide variety of bikes. No, not really. They're, they're all kind of in the... In, for me, they're all in kind of the same category. Uh, he hasn't really asked... If you know, because the the next thing I need to know is, are you racing or not, or a little bit? Mm-hmm. Is there any track use involved, or are you just trail riding? Um, and I'm just going to tell you right off the top of my head, because Yamaha's our sponsor, the YZ250FX would be by far and away the only decision you should make. Okay, now I'm going to answer the question honestly <laughs> when he gets back to. Uh, so not racing. He I'm said, not, he yeah, said, LOL, nah, when you were, uh, well, no, he, yeah, yeah, he, so not racing, just trail riding. Yeah. So when you, when you start going into trail riding, the FX is a race bike and you know, this, we struggle with it when mm-hmm. we're doing like slow speed, technical trials, y kind of stuff. Oh yeah. It's, it's not the most fun bike to use on the logs. Right. And and cause it's meant to, it's meant to do more like grand Prix racing and, mm-hmm. and, you know, really being kind of you know, just more aggressive. So the FX is very race heritage. I would say, okay, stay away from that. Then you go into the other two bikes that make a lot more sense, Beta 200 and KTM 350 EXC. Uh, I think for just all around performance in that weight category and that power category, the two stroke is better for trail riding, you know, as long as you're not doing roads, you know, once you start throwing roads into the mix, you know, higher speed roads, mm-hmm. uh, the, the KTM starts coming into play, but they're both kind of the same. But if you're just, if, if I were, if, if you, if you laid out a 30 mile fun, super fun signal track with some logs in it and some technical stuff where I'm going to be down in first gear and I'm going to have to use the clutch a little bit. All day long, Beta 200. That that motor is fantastic. I'm really disappointed that KTM kind of decided that 150 was going to cover it. Because mm-hmm. unless you're a little tiny kid, no, because I'm 200 pounds and that extra 30 cc's, just like we talked about the XR 250 at the beginning of the show. Yep. That extra cc's on a 254 stroke, that's where that 200 two stroke really, really shines. And he's coming off of a YZ250X. Right. So, so the YZ250X is kind of, kind of in the same thing where that, that's a bike that, that will allow that race speed, race attitude and still dabble into the trail riding mm-hmm. zone. I, I don't know if uh, the, 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 the YZ250X is kind of, is kind of good too, but the, the beta will be a lot lighter feeling and the YZ250X has enough power to get you in trouble where I think the beta is just on the, on the other, on the other side of that. But uh, don't let me, uh, you know, influence your buying decision because 
because that's what advertisers always say. It's like, well, do you really sell anything? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go to the AIM show tomorrow and try to convince people that we do. Right. Right, right Matt? Hey, we we do. I feel like that's your job. No, people trust what I say because I'm yeah. pretty honest about it. But anyways, yeah. uh, YamahaMotorsports.com. Go there. I, I was going to start saying that um, I would like to tell you how awesome the YZ450. Uh, the new one? New one is, but Did I haven't you? ridden it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Seems like it's doing good in Supercross for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. except uh, poor Dylan. Last weekend? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Poor Dylan. Uh, all right. So from uh, Curly Stoker, he had actually sent in a, uh, a a question as well. Right. So it's your friend Curly here. I have a 2017 TF. 2017 TX 300. I need to pull them off and verify still, but I have a sneaking suspicion. My stock triple clamps are no longer true. I have 346 hours on them. If it turns out that they are not flat and are indeed bent, do you have any recommendation on a new set? I am not going to afford Graham Jarvis or Jason Anderson type equipment, but a good solid set to look at. Thanks. So he's, he's thinking he bent his triple clamps. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, so you, can you it, do that without bending the fork tube? Uh, I don't know. So this is a good question in all honesty. I mean, if we haven't been asked this one before, it's a new question. Yeah. So he's wondering whether his triple clamps are bent and good on him for, you know, being able to, to take the effort to take them off and figure out whether they're straight level, flat, whatever. I'm going to, I'm going to guess that, I mean, you would really, really know if you've hit, if you've bent your triple clamps and you would either have thrown the bike down something that was that like was pretty gnarly. I mean, it would have to hit the ground really hard or do some kind of a twist really hard. Or if you hit something while you were riding, it would have knocked the crap out of you. I, I'm, I mean, in all the time I've been riding, I've only bent maybe a couple sets of triple clamps. Mm -hmm. And it was violent. I mean, bad, bad, violent, gnarly. And and the T, he said TX? Yeah, TX 300. Because I think the TX comes with the billet, the more billet clamps, not the cast ones. So those are even, those are even more stout. So I'm going to kind of guess that those aren't bent but yeah you need to look at you know same thing look at see if the forks are true because th those i it depends i mean i've been both things before but usually the fork you can take it off take the spring out and run the slider through there mm -hmm. and you'll know right away it'll bind at the fork one or the other or both but i've never bent both of them usually it's just one the so I'm kind of just kind of running through. Generally, what bends in the triple clamps is the is where the where the the bolts that mount the the steering. Um, what would the steering stem? Not the steering stem, but the the where the handlebar mounts are. Oh, okay. So so you know people have the the rate risers and it, yeah, and, yeah. and if you have risers on, there's way more. Potential that they're bent at that point <laughs> right. you know, with bar rises because you have more leverage on it. Generally, the the bolts and the and the perches that that bolt on top of the triple clamp those are usually what kind of get whacked before anything else. Like especially if it's a bar hit, mm -hmm. you know the 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 bar hits 
and it it you know it, it hits the steering stop. And the other way you can tell is if if you don't have a dent in your steering stop and or your triple clamp, like a corresponding dent in those two, your triple clamps are not bent because it takes a really hard hit. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I would check I would check the bolts on top, check the force, and then you know that just loosening everything up and like you know centering it back up and retorquing it. And if you constantly retorque it, and it kind of goes out of true. Check the axle. We've seen axles be slightly bent um, as well. So hopefully, yeah, I think that's a, that should, that should get you there. But yeah. man, I'm, I'm betting it's not going to be a triple clamp. You've really got to smack that sucker to get it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Utah desert rider says, I look a little bit like Bob and Doug McKenzie. A eh? that he's talking about Matt, not me. Eh? Uh-huh. You know those guys? I do not know the Bob and Doug McKenzie. Thanks, Utah Desert Racer. You just showed your true age. All right. Yeah. Well, Finn825. Wait is a minute. Hold on a second. I wish it. So they had Getty Lee from Rush. Okay. Because it's all Canadian shit. Yeah. yeah. They had Getty. Uh, what is the name of that song? Utah Desert Racer. No, it's like uh, some. Oh, it was. It, it's a, it, was I, it was one of my favorite songs when I was a kid. I like Bob and Doug. They were just hosers, eh? And they would drink beer and mm-hmm. have a, they had a show and they were kind of surprised. It's kind of like this show. They were kind of surprised that they were actually a show, eh? Oh, okay. Yeah. Eh? That, wow. Yeah. I need a beer. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So from Finn825, what are predictions for the 2024 WR450F? Do you think they will add a sixth gear? No, they will not add a sixth gear. I'm, that's a that's a huge undertaking. There's just not the space inside of that transmission, and since it's based off YZ, they just they're not going to look at what Honda did to get the sixth gear in the L and the X. Wider frame, whole different engine platform. It's a huge, huge expense. And Yamaha doesn't have a WR450 street legal version in this country. Mm-hmm. They just don't – that's just something that they don't do, and you would need that extra amount of units to sell to make the sixth gear make sense on the uh, other stuff. Yeah, yep, they just sat there and talked drinking beer. Right. What beer did the Bob and Doug drink, and what was the name? Hose Off. Hoser. There's a lot of hoser. Hmm. Yeah. Hose Off, was that the word they said? Like, my brain doesn't work that well. You know this. Mm-hmm. Two brain cells. Well, I uh oh yeah, this is this this is a little before my time. Okay, Victor, this is a little <laughs> offensive. Why is there no Valentine's Valentine's deco at the campus? Do you guys have a grudge against love? Well, Matt was taking off his clothes at the beginning of the show. I thought that was showing me some love. Now I know why Ricky had to get home. What is that? Valentine's Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That makes more it makes more sense. But my so, wife told me, should I tell you what my wife told me? What? What's that? Um, so Heather mentioned to me that she said, she said, you know, you could go out and spend a whole lot of money on an overpriced meal tonight and still get the same two sex positions at home. She wasn't talking about us. Mm-hmm. She was just talking about like in Valentine's general. Days in general. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> all right so we'll, we'll, did you did you did you did you do that last night with your friend 
No. Because you, you moved Valentine's Day the day forward so you could be here now. Uh, not really. Not really. No. Okay. no it, 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 was, it was something pretty small. Like, There's something pretty small. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what they tell me all the time, too. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So we'll go on to our question sheet here from uh, last show. Husky Holler was asking... Uh, he was actually asking Utah single track in a comment. I had a kill switch problem and it was the ground wire broken somewhere in the loom. So they, he was able to just splice his ground wire into another ground. No, I haven't so heard the ground, that. the ground wire was broken inside the wire loom. What bike were we talking about? Let me look. Do up we know? Quick. No, because I just remember someone this, chimed in about how to. Uh, so this, this sounds like a KTM thing for all in all honesty, because if you've seen. Okay. If you wonder why your KTM bike is so lightweight. Look no farther than the wiring harness and the diameter of the wires compared to the wires you're going to find on, let's say, a Honda. And it has to do with durability standards. It has to do with um, a lot of a lot of different things. But those wires, if you start putting a lot of stress and heat through those wires somehow when something goes wrong, those, you know, they can crack or, you know, it it doesn't take much for it to get pinched in the steering stem when you're doing a big swap curly, right? Your, mm -hmm. your, your wiring harness drops down and the steering stem pinches it in the steering stop. Yeah. I've seen this all. I've seen all this happen before. So on a KTM or Husky or gas gas with the little tiny wires, I've seen the wires break before actually not gas gas. They haven't been around long enough because we're talking about bikes from how, do you know that the, the bikes that you're re rebuilding the carburetors on could be as old as you? I had a feeling. Yeah. Yeah. So those ones, every once in a while, like we have a issue with the wiring harness. Well, actually, they're older than a uh, Logan. Oh, I know they're. I older think than I'm, Logan. I'm pretty sure I'm older than them, but they're, but they're definitely older than who's Logan. Logan. Awesome kid used to come around. I wish you know. Uh, yeah. He was a. Was that the co-host that didn't talk so I could talk more about myself? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. Sorry, sorry I actually talk from time to time. <laughs> bringing, uh, bringing the quality of the show down. Right. Hey, yeah, this show is brought to you by Yamaha Takamoto. And we're going to do Rooster Endo tonight? Yeah. We, we have Rooster Endo. We always have Rooster Endo. This is everybody's favorite thing. So what you can do if you're watching the show. By the way, if you're in the chat right now, I, I'm really curious like where everybody's from so even if you're just lurking you're just kind of in the background or something let us know where you're from so i can make more offensive jokes about where you're from mm -hmm. canadians excluded uh but uh yeah takamoto rooster endo segment coming up scott sports i was wearing amplified goggles today in the ever-changing conditions because it was like snow and then it went to full sunlight and i mean I could see everything. Climb, DDC, Trail Tech, Fast Company, C Concepts, Bulletproof Designs. Take note of Matt's shirt right now. Yep. And Double Take Mirrors. So New Zealand. Wow. Look at that. Yeah. International. And we know Dave Black is from the ATL. I ride a Husaberg that has ATL graphics on it. Yep. Uh, Greg Miller, Los Angeles, California. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Right? Yeah. So, hey, we're from Pahrump, Nevada. This is Valley of the Dirt People. Yeah. We had a Habu come through here today, right before the rain. And mm -hmm. it was amazing how much dust got kicked up in the air. And then every raindrop that landed on anything coated it with dust. So you just can't get away from it. Yeah. Yeah. 
This is why Matt wants to move to Las Vegas, or he's in Las Vegas. Yeah, I say I have moved to Las Vegas. I grew up here. Yeah, uh, had enough of it. Victor Torrance, California. Come on. Which Victor actually had a question. So, oh, he did. He always rides with the shitty Ross or Burlington Coat Factory jackets during the cold season. Does anyone else get shocked when going over forty miles per hour? Does climb jackets do climb jackets do the same? Get shocked. That's um. Well, it, okay, so depends I'm, on what I'm, shock. Victor, means. I'm questioning about like this getting shocked because so there's times when, and this is an interesting thing when you're riding in like in like. Uh, sand and your tire is spinning it uh it static electricity is basically what happens mm -hmm. and it happens more under pow power lines mm -hmm. than normal or if you're in the vicinity of a lightning storm i've had this happen but generally it uh oh dean kemp kingston nevada i know dean <laughs> it's I've, I've run into dean out in the desert near Kingston, Nevada all the time. <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot. Okay, so yeah, the static shock. Do you get it through your fingers on the lever? That's the question. Or are you actually getting shocked like uh, up on your chest or someplace like that? Because usually it ends up kind of transmitting from the bike to the, 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 the best contact to you. Mm -hmm. And so I've had this happen before, but I don't know that it has anything to do with your Burlington coat factory jacket. Cause if it's a, if it's a super big one, I could, I could see it. Like if it's a super poofy one, cause then you have a lot of extra material there that could actually, you know, carry more charge. Oh boy. You just went out of uh, fingers to levers with thick gloves. Yeah. Okay. So, so he's, that's where I've, that's the only, I've only felt it. I've never felt it any place else, but fingers to levers. I've had mm -hmm. this happen a problem. So I'll tell you an interesting story. I was riding with a good friend of mine, Casey McCoy, and we were out near Tonopah, Nevada. And we were, we were, we were kind of getting, there was all these thunder showers just came out of nowhere and lightning. And we were kind of running away from a, a thunderhead that was behind us, but it was kind of catching us. And we were going and, I just remember like getting shocked a little bit and this is uh, what I like, you, you know, it, 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 no, this is what I like. It's what I'm used to. And, and I'm getting shocked a little bit and I'm like, okay, yeah, this is kind of normal, whatever. And we're, we're going away from it, but we are also heading towards another thunderhead mm -hmm. and we're kind of going down a big, long Valley, probably 12 mile long Valley down into this thing. And we're getting, Lower, lower, closer to where basically it turned into a dry lake bed. Mm -hmm. And we're running this and there's, and there's lightning strikes behind us and lightning strikes in front of us. And it's like, we're the tallest thing for 10 miles around. Yeah. This yeah. isn't good. Very not good. And and my fingers were now getting shocked a lot. Like, mm -hmm. like every five seconds in different fingers. And I'm like, yeah. there's a lot of energy. And I don't, I don't know how this works. You're the physicist. So all this stuff is kind of going... And I, I looked over at Casey and he looked at me and it was like, yeah, this is weird. I mean, we've all ridden a lot of miles and this is yeah, weird. Yeah. So we literally skidded to a stop and it's like, I think this is bad. And we we said, and there's the lightning was like less than a mile away. You could see it cracking and hitting in the ground. I'm like, screw it. So we, we parked, stopped the bikes. There was a small ditch, maybe a foot or two feet. We got off our bikes and we went and laid down in this ditch. Mm -hmm. So we were under, we were below ground level and stuff. And we're sitting there for like 
three minutes and then it starts raining and it, it and then it really starts raining and like about three minutes and I'm like going, you know what? And I, we weren't even talking. We were just, we were scared, like yeah, really yeah. scared. We weren't even talking, but I, I'm thinking to myself, if lightning hits my bike, which is now the tallest thing in this Valley for five, seven, 12 miles around. So I jumped up, ran over, kicked my kickstand out, turned my gas off and laid my bike over. Yeah. <laughs> and went and laid back down in the ditch. I moved it a little bit away from his. <laughs> and I could see him going, what the hell? And I go, I just looked at him and go, we can ride double. <laughs> so, so we sat in this ditch for a good 20 minutes. Yeah. It was scary. The wind was howling. And then water starts running because it was must have been raining farther up the thing. Water starts running down the ditch. And now we're like on our knees. And the good thing is when the rain finally started coming, the, the lightning sort of went away. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, we were just in there. Just what a mess. But anyways, the lightning sort of went away and we sort of rode out of there because it just passed pretty quick, probably all within an hour or something like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, we didn't cuddle, by the way, Matt. I mean, it wasn't oh. Valentine's Day. Right, right. So, well, then I, I guess that's not a real. Like, so right, I don't think it. Point? I don't think it. I don't. I, Matt seems to think that it could be affected by your jacket. Yeah. Uh, I think it's more affected by the other conditions. But if you wanted to wear climb gear, that would be the best choice you could make because if you did get sh- uh, hit by lightning, which is kind of it's a precursor to this, right? I mean, if you're feeling shocks, that's a mm-hmm. there's a potential, a better potential for lightning. Oh yeah, so. Not to terrify you, but you, uh, so if you're starting to feeling those shocks when there's lightning going, uh-huh. then you actually probably had a little mini lightning bolt coming out of your guys's head, but only for like a fraction of a second. Cause lightning, it never actually strikes the ground. It actually meets in the middle of the air. It's actually coming from the ground and from the clouds. Cause the electrons are so excited. They want to meet. And so there's actually a lot of pictures of like st- tall objects next to a lightning strike where they actually have like these little mini lightning bolts coming out of like a tree or a, or a, like a, or like a person. I like the vision of me with lightning bolts coming out of my head. Yeah. But like very, for a very fraction of a second, like you and I wouldn't see it with our normal eyes. Oh, with me, it's all the time. I mean, there's definitely like, even like right now there's lightning bolts coming out of my head. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> See, Vic, Victor likes me. He said I was right. But yeah, Dude, no. If you, a, if you have a big, if you have Victor, a big jacket, Victor, come on, buddy. You know, just ask him to be your Valentine. It's yeah. that easy. I'll say yes, Victor. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it, it, yeah. If you have a big jacket, there, you have all, all that foam, and it's it's moving around a lot, and or not the foam, but all that material in there, it's moving around a lot. Especially if you're doing, you know, this with the handle, you know, turning the handlebars, it's and you're moving creating static electricity. It's, yeah, yeah. It's it's exciting all the electrons in that you know, in the material. There. Mm-hmm. Um, so there we go. Why, that, that, why does it, why does it, why does it end up going out of your, it, it moves down and goes out your finger onto the lever. It's the, it, it chooses the path of least resistance. And so your boots, you know, it's, that's some pretty it's, dense material. Like, yeah. And so your gloves, even if they're thick, that's the path of least resistance. So it's going to follow that, go through the, the lever and then probably to the ground which is the motorcycle frame. I'm, gonna I'm glad that I have excited electrons inside of me. Yeah. Well, well, it, yeah. Okay. So, so John needs to pay attention to what we just said and we'll talk about like mm-hmm. excited electrons. Yep. Excited electrons. Excited electrons. 
So. Uh, <laughs> oh no, we're gonna get canceled for that uh, <laughs> for science. Okay, I, I don't think that's how it works. But well, I mean, I, I mean, with we, all this stuff we're shooting down out of the sky these days, yeah. I mean, I'm surprised that we're not starting. You know what? You know what? The next thing that's gonna happen, the military is gonna start shooting un- unidentified riding dirt bike riders. Well, I, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure they do that if you ride too close to. Well, certain we areas. know place. I I got a guy I can get on the show that can talk about this, but he can't. Well, looking at the time, I think we should uh, get oh, take a, a break. break. And dirt bikes excite my electrons too, <laughs> and other things. So yeah, we'll oh, take boy. a commercial break. Yeah, and we then, need to take a commercial break. And then, uh, when we come back, we'll uh, answer some more questions and we'll go into Bruce Rendo. Okay, sounds good. What's up, Moto Buddies? Mike here from Taco Moto Co. What is the Taco Touch? It's the best service in the industry. Virtually 24-7 tech support via email or text. And it's like having a dirt bike doctor on call every day of the year, helping you fix your bike or recommend parts or setups for you. If you've ever received an order from us, you know that the Taco Touch extends to our fulfillment and our orders come with the coolest stickers that you've ever had, uh, buying parts from anybody before and a handful of root beer barrel candies. Um, all of our Taco Moto Co. branded components come with a no questions asked lifetime warranty. And we'll even extend out the warranty of other manufacturers, OEM and aftermarket parts where we can, sometimes for life. We test and tune endlessly and exhaustively and obsessively. We're trying to destroy everything that we can before you get your hands on it to look for weaknesses and to improve it or to make recommendations to the manufacturer. And if it's something that doesn't uh, meet grade, then we don't offer it on the store. Everything that we carry is something that we have personally used, tested, and ridden, and raced, and knows meets uh, the high taco touch demanding standard. Go out and get some adventure. And we are back. Um, Matt, will you be my Valentine's? Uh, depends. <laughs> what, what do I get? Well, well, I just thought I'd throw that in there because now Victor is your big fan. Yeah, he, he's, yeah, no. Victor, uh, I appreciate it, but he, I, I thought I was already his Valentine. So. Yeah, okay. Just checking. I don't want to be left out. Hey, uh, Mark yeah. Daniels, by the way. So the guy I was riding with today who who had signed your shirt previously that I'm pretty sure that I didn't send now. I've, I've done some research. Okay. Well, and, I, and I didn't I didn't see the, the shipping label to send it. So that shirt is in... I remember packing it into the, the bag and I, so I was going to get him to sign another shirt today, but his fingers were too cold. He was a little bit, mm-hmm. a little bit chilly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Hey, if you want to uh, call into the show, um, see oh. concepts, hot seat hotline, there is a link in the chat if you can scroll back to it, but I think we're going to try to get Matt to put that back in here. I may ran off, shut it down, but I can, I can get it going again. Oh, you, you may have shut it down, but no, I, I got it going again. It's, it's pretty easy to go. Uh, anyone still commenting? So is it a comment or a live chat that I'm posting to? Ron, you are talking directly to the host and uh, his Valentine yep. for today. So I, I already stripped, uh, already stripped though. So he, okay. he missed the real show. You missed the real show? Yeah. <laughs> I stripped at the beginning. Yeah, you're right, Mark. It wasn't sent and the and the and the the the, the guy, his fingers are so cold he couldn't sign another one. So mm-hmm. I'm going to work on this. You, you haven't been forgotten, but in honor of Mark, I'm going to show you what I'm drinking tonight. Uh, Loma Azul. Now, if you're a tequila Risto like, uh, like myself, this, let me turn it angle the right way. 
as far as bang for the buck tequila, like if you like sipping tequila, like we don't shoot it here, we just sip it. This is really, really good stuff. So uh, whether it's uh, the, I would go Reposado or Anejo, um, the silver is medium, but anyways, so uh, I'll have some of that in a little bit. Mm -hmm. So Matt, what do we got? All right. So continuing on with these questions here from uh, Mike Skidmore. Now, Mike Skidmore. Yeah. Yeah. So this wasn't actually a question. Are skids for squids? That is a, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know how to answer that. So he's actually, this isn't really more of a question, but more of a comment. And I actually just kind of wanted to see your uh, opinion on this. So two, the two stroke needs to be a 175 CC in order to compete with the 254 stroke. So wait, um, he says, yeah, he says it needs to be 175 cc's in order to compete with a 254 stroke. So there was there was a lot of when they were going to make these rules, uh, which size two strokes versus which size four strokes. There was a lot of debate and discussion about it. Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, so so they they basically said 125 two stroke. 254 stroke they they kind of limited there they wouldn't let it go to 150 mm -hmm. which would have been a lot more fair and i honestly think that if they would have gone like 150 175 mm -hmm. it would be fair same thing 254 252 stroke versus 454 stroke don't think it's a fair fight it's just I mean, I mean, yeah, on the dyno, you can get certain amount of power and stuff like that. But the two stroke doesn't doesn't have the functional length of power band that a four mm -hmm. stroke does. This is where the problem is. So uh, take it for what it's worth. It doesn't matter uh, unless, you know, I, if, you, if you're racing, you're going to race with the most competitive bike that you can get your hands on mm -hmm. it doesn't matter whether it's two for two stroke or four stroke you're just going to race with that and the rules are the rules you can't you can't change you can go lobby to have the rules changed but you can't change the rules so i i'm not really sure where this question is going i do tend to agree with you yeah it would take 175 100 and it'd take more than 125 cc it's more than 125 that's for sure to compete with a 254 stroke All uh right. Yeah, I think you can get more power out of a 152 stroke than you can a 254 stroke. But man, is that thing going to be hard to ride? It's going to be peaky. You're not going to be able to roll the throttle on. Let's mm. put it that way. It's going to be a little on off. Got it. So, uh, Mark is having no so no so tros no so tros. I don't know if I've had that. Um, I'll have to check with my uh, my retired bartender to see if I have that. <laughs> Okay, so we're actually going to uh, change our source of questions here from DBT comments to actually comments on the latest Better Rider podcast. Oh, but we're going to Ron Hartle's question because Ron threw one up in the chat. All right, so any predictions or inside scoop on 2024 KTM XCWs? Um, Ron, uh, so are you talking two-stroke or four-stroke? Because um, four-stroke, we're really talking about EXC versus XCW. I mean, really, they focus on EXC, but the two-stroke uh, would be more like XCWs. So kind of answer answer that question, and I will uh, get right back on that. What is Mike Kamet? 
So he was saying thoughts on the Co 450 rally. You probably have an, in some inside intel. I have none. In all honesty, I don't know. I kind of saw it popping up on the the internets a little bit when I checked. And okay, so Ron wants two stroke. So I don't know a whole lot about that cove. It looks like kind of a. I mean, it looks like they knocked off the shell of a KTM. I have no idea what's inside the motor. So. No, not a, not a lot of inside intel at all. Uh, I know they raced them in Dakar. I believe they finished. And so, yeah, it, let me know if you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, have them, tell them to send us one. I'll test it. I I need uh, I need rally bikes at the moment. So yeah, that'd be checking awesome. all of our other questions. So yeah. the two stroke, Ron. So here's what I uh, what do I know. I have to be a little careful about this one. Um, what do I know? Oh wait, wait. Like on the on the NDA, careful. Yeah. Oh shit. On KTM's, I can tell you what's like publicly available and stuff. Um. So everybody's the question everybody has is so KTM has TPI and TBI. So TPI is on the. XCWs and TBI is the new SX X XC uh, system. And, and depending on how much you look at the internets, like KTM screwed up with TBI, TPI and made TBI. Well, I rode my TPI 300 all day today, 150 miles. And uh, it didn't screw up at all. Mm-hmm. I wished sometimes that I had more throttle response and having ridden a TBI bike, that's what it does. But TBI is also, you mix the gas. Mine, I put gas in my oil injection tank. And then when I rode 70 or 80 miles, wherever we went to the gas station, I poured straight gas in the gas tank and I kept riding. I didn't have to carry oil or any of this other stuff. So for the XCW client, I believe that that's an important thing. They don't really want to mix the fuel for the majority of them. All the people on the internet, the ones that take that one picture of the one guy's bike that seized and they repost it and they say, look at this. And they, they, they say, oh, they all blow up instantly and all this stuff. Um, those people would probably say you need to mix your gas, but... I haven't had to mix my gas just yet. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I, I mean, I mean, other than that, I think you're going to get some of the, the, the chat. You, you just look at the, look at the XC and the SX and whatever they've done to the chassis, they're going to carry that over to, to, to XCW. And, but it'll still be PDS. I suspect, I don't think they're going to go away from PDS, but you never know. Um, and now this is all just speculation, but I think I think you can expect it to switch from TPI to TBI, and not because it's necessarily better. It's because it's the they're going to be able to use the same parts on multiple bikes, if that makes any sense. They they want to they want to produce less parts, and and the reason I say it's not that it's any better. So I've ridden TBI. The t- t- uh, throttle body injection and 
you can tune it to do exactly what TPI does, but you can also tune it to get more snap, which is kind of hard to do with the the, the old, you know, XCW. So hopefully that um, makes the uh, the answer, you know, not too worried about TPI. Just wonder if they would go full TBI. They they I don't I don't want to go full TBI. They're going to go TBI with oil injection. That's my that's my guess mm -hmm. on this and i don't know i just i know a couple things but i don't know that much and it has nothing to do with emissions like it's sold as a competition bike here other places in the world yeah it it it's it's an emissions compliant bike in different countries so but i haven't really poked too deep into it but just from talking to different people and whatever so okay Actually, the way you can tell, here's the way you can tell. When they start doing the extreme Enduros uh, coming up, the, like when the season starts starts in a, a few months, look to see what the KTM factory guys are riding. I didn't see any picture of like Tristan Hart's bike at King of the Motos, but look to see what the KTM factory guys are riding. And if all of a sudden there's their bikes switch over to something different than then TPI, that's probably the direction they're going because they like to they like to test that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, Greg Miller, you you are mirroring what I believe the KTM customer says: TBI with oil injection. Correct. Uh, Ron, uh, Ron, let's see. Now is now EFI going to mirror Yamaha with the Power Tuner app? Uh, Yamaha <laughs> Power Tuner app is. Did we were we talking about this today? We were talking about it on a Sunday. On Sunday, how yeah. how awesome it is! It, Just, it's it's awesome. I don't understand why the other manufacturers haven't caught on. I think Yamaha, my my thing, and if you if you have a Yamaha competition bike four stroke that has the Power Tuner app. By the way, Yamaha does sponsor the show, mm -hmm. and no matter what, I hundred percent agree with this. They knocked it out of the park with that power tuner app, whether it was the old one that plugged into the bike mm -hmm. or the newer style ones that use this app. This is, it's, it's game changing, revolutionary. So you know how you buy a Tesla? Yeah. And you buy a Tesla, you know this because your friend has mm -hmm. a Tesla. Yeah. Yeah. And we were talking the other day and it's like, can it self-drive? She goes, no, I didn't want to pay $12,000. $12,000 for someone to, to push a button in the software and make it work. Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of what Yamaha's giving you. They're giving this awesome software suite mm -hmm. that most manufacturers probably felt they could charge for. They could charge. It's that that app in modifications alone is worth. I'm going to go with twenty two thousand mm -hmm. dollars because. You can make your bike do anything you want it to mo motor-wise with the stock muffler and the stock everything. You could just play with tunes. And, and if you wanted to have all those level of tunes, you would have to buy, in my rough estimation, $22,000 worth of different mufflers and different air filters and different um, uh, cams and different ignition systems and all this right. other stuff. You'd have to spend twenty two grand to be able to do what you can do with your phone mm -hmm. to that motorcycle, whether it's a YZ two fifty, a YZ four fifty. It is game changing, and most people don't even exploit it to the to the 
nth degree yep. what it what it'll do. I mean, you can take a, a fire breathing YZ and tune it down into a WR, mm-hmm. or you can take your fire breathing YZ and make it triple fire breathing to the mm-hmm. point where it's unrideable. And these are all within a a, a a spectrum that Yamaha deems as being safe in a durability standard. See, that was actually my question is, can you actually not ruin your bike? Not with the Yamaha tuner. They won't. I mean, you probably could. I like mean, long I'm sure, term. Like if you I'm sure you could lean it out a whole bunch mm-hmm. and I'm sure you could, you could lean out the, the fuel and hype, hype up the ignition and the bike will run like crap. I mean, I know it cause I've done it before just to test it. Mm-hmm. It runs like crap, but it, it, I don't know why anybody would ride it like that, but I imagine if you rode it like that and you rode it as if it was good, it probably wouldn't do any benefit to the motor. Mm-hmm. But like any of the maps that they supply you or just, you know, tuning in the parameters they give you within reason without doing something stupid, like I just described, super lean, super advanced ignition, um, you're never going to have a problem. But that that is how... And I'm, and I'm not saying that because they help us out and sponsor the show. I'm saying that because that is the truth. Yeah. And, and you know, when you have to buy, it, you know, an accessory thing that's four, five hundred, twelve hundred dollars $1,200 that does something similar, that's I, – I think Yamaha gave it away. And maybe they shouldn't have. <laughs> I mean, because it's that good. <laughs> it is literally like and – I, and I remember ever since we've had the ability to power tune the Yamaha – Mm-hmm. It when we were comparing all the 450s, I could change a little bit of the power tune on the Yamaha, and it could go from second or third 450 to best 450 just by making some change, small changes to the tuning of the motor, which was like I say, a free app, and mm-hmm. just it, it was by far and away the best bike. I mean, it, everything else about it was already good, yeah, but just that that. For me, tuning the motor just so slightly, mm-hmm. it'd be like jetting your carburetor or adjusting your suspension. It's the same thing, but you you have such a wider range. Mm-hmm. And so, call me a shill, but but no, it's it's, it's fantastic. That's it. And you can in and, and you know the one time I'll say is different is like that YZ two fifty FX. It's just kind of a little bit high. The two fifties are a little bit high strung. You're never going to turn it into quote that WR. Yeah. You're going to have to tame it in some other way. You're going to have to add some restriction to the muffler, mm-hmm. things like this. But for, for the most part, um, you know, it's a, it's a really good, it's a really good tool. Yeah. All right. So we'll do one last question then we'll go into Rustrando. So from our better rider podcast, which uh, you can find on, Wherever you find this, you can find that. Uh, this is a comment which was sent on our newest episode about gripping the bike is 98% of dirt bike lore is all motocross based. So we did an episode of Better Rider mm-hmm. where we we basically talked about how a lot of people say, oh, you need to grip the bike with your knees. Grip the bike. Grip the bike. And we basically said the only real reason you would grip the bike is if you're going to fall off of it or it's doing something that you didn't expect. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you should hover over the top of it. And then it was like, all this is based in MX motocross. And you, you tend to agree with this a little bit. Yeah. I, I do agree that a lot of the, a lot of riding advice that you hear from people is something they heard some motocross racers say. So the, the, their motocross is popular, mm-hmm. um, motocross. There's a lot more quote motocross coaches than there are like trail riding coaches or adventure bike. Well, there's like a lot of adventure bike coaches now. Mm-hmm. I, I would, 
tend to say that most of the proper techniques are based in trials. Oh, the proper techniques are, yes. Right. Yeah. But the but the you're talking about the popular techniques tend to be motocross. motocross based. Yeah, and, that, and that's where I agree with that. They've always said in motocross, they've always said grip with your knees. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I can see where he's grabbing this is like, yeah, motocross, but watch just watch the top riders, especially when they do slow motion. And they're so not gripped onto the motorcycle until they really need to be, which means they've gotten a little bit out of control. Maybe, maybe when they're, they're, they're controlling a turn, they're in the turn, then they're, then they're putting their, their weight and gripping the bike because they're accelerating so hard, but they're also at a point where, where they want all of their weight to be trans translated through the bike into traction. Mm -hmm. So they're using their weight they're gripping the bike to add their weight to the bike so that when the, when the tire grabs traction, it's the bike's weight and the rider's weight. Yes. If, if they're at any point a little bit out of control, the first thing you do is loosen up on the bike. Mm-hmm. So, I, so they're not gripping the bike. No. They're, 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 they're pressuring it. So, and, and this is such high level that 98% of the riders in the world should not pay attention to any of that. Right. Because they're not there. They're not even close. So don't, if you're, if, unless you're, unless you're at your highest level of motocross, don't pay attention to what the motocross coaches are saying Mm -hmm. because it doesn't apply to you for the most part. Some of the things they saying, you can, you can glance over and you go, oh yeah, that's, that's kind of a good thing. And they're coming around. A lot of them are coming around because they realized they were just repeating what the other guy said, what the other guy said. Mm -hmm. And then that's where I agree with the 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 ninety eight percent of dirt bike lore is motocross based. I guess I read read that quote quote comment as kind of like a, an agreement for uh, agreeing with us, and about like oh yeah you shouldn't just grip it all the, all the time, which is something you would hear those motocross guys. Say. Yeah, they're they're finally starting to come around. Yeah. I mean before it was just grip the bike, grip the bike with your knees, push mm-hmm. with your knees, squeeze elbows with your up. knees, elbows up, <laughs> elbows up. <laughs> what if you're balanced and then you turn your elbows up? Mm-hmm. What happens? Then you're out of balance. Right. Okay, good. Get out of balance. Best technique ever. <laughs> okay, so actually looking at the time, we can squeeze this one last question and on the, on the same podcast. So this was from a paparazzi. It's actually a relief to hear this point of view on gripping. I really didn't grip with my knees much when I was racing motocross as a beginner at 28 years old. After years of not riding at all, I started riding dual sport and heard I should be gripping with my knees. At 5'6", that's not much of a problem. But the only time it right. seemed... Ask, like- a, access, ask, ask a 6'2 rider mm-hmm. to grip with his knees. Yeah, it, it doesn't work. Either he squats down or his knees do an air stab over the tank. Yep. So, okay, go ahead. Uh, but the only time it seemed appropriate is when I'm accelerating uphill uh, or around corners. I've tried McGrath's tip, which was pointing the toes in, which will force the knees to grip. He found that hurt, this hurts his knees because they are slightly twisted. Hoping to get up to the <laughs> school to get this personal evaluation and that he's looking for. At this point, he is a little bit confused with with all the information out there. Right. So you you have a lot of people telling you different things. And some of these people, I'm, I'm not going to dispute that Jeremy McGrath knows how to ride a motorcycle. Probably better than me at anything to do with motocross, supercross, mm-hmm. some other stuff. But I, I, I don't know that he's probably the best coach. You know, in, right. in, in the way that, you know, he, well, he probably, articulating what you're doing he with probably hasn't had to sit there and study it and break it down. He can just say what he's 
thinks he's doing. Mm-hmm. And I bet you if he spent a little more time thinking about what he's doing and, and, but there's, there's guys and, and he may be one of them that, that that's all it took for someone to say, Hey, if you just turn your toes in a little bit and whatever it did, it, maybe he rode bow legged, you know, out a little bit and he just turned him in. And all of a sudden that gave him mm-hmm. the ability to control the motorcycle better. And I'm not saying for each individual that there isn't some magic button, like we call it the aha moment yeah. that you have when, you know, somebody just says, hey, try this. Like we see it all the time when we tell people to regrip the grips, like just to loosen up and regrip the grips every once in a while. And it's like, they're like, oh my God, I can't believe I was squeezing them that hard or doing whatever they were doing. Mm-hmm. So th- there's, there's things like little text, like techniques like this, but they're, you can't throw that isn't a blanket technique that works for everybody. And so I understand how he's having a hard time. And I just, I, I literally, when you start saying that, turn your toes in and I'm trying to think about that, what that does and, and how that works. It, when I turn my toes in, it also locks my hips up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and if you listen to some other guys that are really popular on the, the riding techniques, what are they talking? What What's the number one thing they say? Unlock the hips. Mm-hmm. Turn your toes in and try to unlock your hips. No, it doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, because 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 you're you're pivoting you're pivoting your whole leg when you turn your toes. Right, and then your hips aren't as fluid and flexible as right. they should be. Right, and then you just become really rigid. So, you know, people say rise ride on the balls of your feet, and uh, and I'm like, like, is somebody going to punch me? Because I want to have the balls of my feet to when something starts going wrong. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to use that all the time. I'm going to be more relaxed. So I can get up on the balls of my feet and I have one extra level of control right? to, to, to a certain extent. So anyways, uh, if you want to check out more about how we think about riding motorcycles, check out the Better Rider podcast. You can learn a little bit about our staff and in all honesty, a couple of things. Uh, we always have a nugget in there that'll yeah, make you a better rider. It does. I, I still practice the stuff we talk about all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, unless, you know, I'm, I'm riding perfect all the time. Fright. <laughs> hey, uh, right. Climb Product of the week. is a sponsor. Product of the week. I'm talking about the Climb Inversion Gloves, which I used all day today. And you'll notice these, these ones are f- probably four or five years old. I don't even know if they make this colorway anymore. And I just ordered up some new ones because a couple of the pairs that I have are getting a little bit warmed out. But in these conditions that we have... This time of year where it's cold in the morning, could get warm in the afternoon, whatever. Mm-hmm. This is a minimalist glove. It doesn't have a whole lot of protection on the outside, but then again, you shouldn't be riding through bushes and stuff that are whacking your hands. Mm-hmm. But what it does have is windstopper material built in and just a little bit of insulation and not much. And then same thing on the palm. It's a, it's a flat palm. There's not a lot of insulation there. So you have good feel on the handlebars. Uh, and it just keeps your hands warm. Mm-hmm. So you can start out when it's, it was 36 degrees. How cold did it get on you? I was fine all day long. And believe it or not, this one actually has a little bit, it's actually worn out right here. It's, this is why I called up to get new ones. Cause I noticed that mm-hmm. my finger is showing through. And yeah. you'll, you'll notice this other part right here. I don't think Melted. I did that. I think someone else was, I, lo- I loan these out a lot, you uh-huh, know, like, cause uh-huh. I have a couple pairs and I say, here, right. So I think someone tried to warm their hands up on the muffler and touch <laughs> the, touch the back. So there's a couple other little burn marks on them, but yeah. 
super durable. Like I said, these are four or five years old. And if you know how much I ride, that's lasted a long time. If you need to keep your hands a little bit warm, and I, I've even ridden moto with these, like on a super cold morning at mm-hmm. Glen Helen or something like that, no, like that, practice at SRA. I would ride with these gloves in the morning practice and my hands would be nice and warm. They wouldn't freeze and then I wouldn't get arm pump. So cool. Uh, climb inversion gloves, by the way, product of the week. Uh, Imagine the, we might need those for this class coming this uh, upcoming. No, weekend. it's going to be nice. Weather's going to be perfect. Oh, perfect. Yeah. I know it's going to be, be cool. a little chilly in the morning. I actually, most of the times in the morning, cause we ride what yeah. five miles down the road to get out to where we go to. Yeah. The initial ride can I, get pretty brisk. I start with inversion gloves mm-hmm. and they, they, they roll up into nothing. Look, it's like this. Yeah. So, so I can I can stuff these in my pocket and pull my other gloves out. And then if it, if I, you know, if I'm, you know, we run a little late, you know, you're going to run out of one of three things if you go riding with me. You know what those three things are? Uh, fuel, daylight, or energy. Right. And when when the daylight goes down, you get cold. Mm-hmm. And, you know, cold robs energy. So yep. uh, I have these and I just pull them right back out and I put them on and my hands mm-hmm. don't get cold. And so one less <laughs> thing to complain about because I don't like complaining. There we go. So uh, I think it's time for Takamoto's uh, Rooster Endo. Takamoto's Rooster Endo. What do we have, Matt? We need it. Where is the Rooster Endo? Um, we intro need, sound. We do need to get a sound drop. Yeah, yeah. No, there's, is, there's. Was John working on this? He he asked me something about making a sound drop or something. You know, he was he, he asked me about it too. And I said, go for it. And okay, which uh, yeah, I'll show you how to review some stuff. Uh, as well, we should have a. What kind of music should we? Uh, the chat. Let's add. What kind of music should Rooster Endo? Should it be like some super gnarly rock riff, or should it be some chill? sounds or should it be some rap i was actually thinking it should be like a motocross start sound and then like just a classic car crashing sound okay what about what about someone just dropping some smooth like roost or endo Mm, depend depends on it depends on how it's being uh, delivered okay delivery is very important delivery yep okay so First, smooth jazz. Smooth jazz. There we go. That, we we used what did we used? We used funky jazz for the Better Rider podcast. Yeah, and it was like a chill hip hop. I like I like that. I like the. I actually there was something um, that I really wanted to get, but it was actually really expensive for the for the intro. And by the mm-hmm. way, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll just throw a shout out to it. So it's it's a guy named Z Trip who's a DJ. I've talked about him before on the show. Uh, Z Trip, and then and then. Um, what was the what was the name of the other guys? Uh, LS Dream, and they have a thing called uh, what was their what was the name of the song that they made? But it's uh, it's funk uh, space funk. It's called space funk. Yeah, search it, okay. Google it, whatever. It's that's a cool little riff. <laughs> uh, Flex handlebars or Mako three sixty asks Ron Hartle. I'm going to tell you that uh, Fast Company is a sponsor of the show, but <laughs> how many how many bikes do I have? Uh, more than I can count. Okay, so I probably ride 20 different bikes on a regular basis. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every single one of those has flex handlebars on them. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Benny Hill Show theme song. Yeah, that'd be good too. But no, no, it wouldn't. I think it'd be fine. I think it'd lead to copyright <laughs> uh, issues, but yeah, flex, flex handlebars for me all, all the time. Uh, 
there there are some definite differences between the way that the Flex and the Mako uh, operate, what they're trying to accomplish. And I'm just um, 100% on board with the Fast Company uh, bars. I did test and I actually helped um, with some of the development stuff on the Mako uh, a long time ago. And just different, you know, like I said, you, you or anybody may like one better than the other. And, uh, I just like what the flex does. I've liked them since day one. And that's why I get to, that's why I could go riding tomorrow, except I have to go to a motorcycle show. Yep. Yep. We get to see a lot of people at the AIM Expo. Yeah. If anybody's going to the AIM Expo in Vegas, uh, let us know. We'd like to, uh, Takamoto will be there. Takamoto is going to be there. Yeah. And let's, uh, we should go to the. We should go to Gene Wood's uh, racing experience. We should grab a, a bunch of people that think they're really fast at driving go-karts mm-hmm. and take them there. That'd be cool. <laughs> so Okay, uh, so let's go on to Rooster Endo. So first up on our – yeah, we do need new music for, for that little transition. So <laughs> just, just, just it feels so weird. <laughs> All right, so our first – Submission that we're going to go with is uh, Daryl Young. Daryl Young. Yeah, this is a 202350EXEF. Hey, Daryl, if you're in the chat, um, go ahead and uh, chime in. Let us know you're there. Because I never, ever, just since you're in the chat, make you win. Mm -hmm. Because it's going to be 100% up to me tonight. All right. You can weigh in, but Matt, you know. Well, I, I weigh in. I weigh in. I give you my opinions. (laughs) <laughs> All right. So the the mods done to this are the a uh, it's a power commander, uh, an exhaust cap. He's not telling me the brands. HDP uh, handguards. It's Moscow highway bags. dirt bike, so that's a brand. Yeah, yeah. Moscow bags, aluminum oil pump, gear upgrade, and that's about it. So he saw the post. He ran out into his garage and shot a photo. Mm-hmm. And it's on a motorcycle stand. It's on a motorcycle stand. George would approve. He has a Takamoto sticker on front. And other than that, it looks like a generic uh, dirt bike that the tugger straps. Did he say tugger straps? No, no. Didn't mention the tugger straps. Tugger, sponsor of Jimmy Lewis off-road training, by the way. Um, I can't can't tell much. No, no. He's also got a like an Acherby's uh, swing arm cover there, too. Oh, yeah. Yep. So. Left some stuff out. Didn't do very. Is it, it seems like a quick? Uh, it's a quick submission. Definitely not worth a hundred bucks in my in my world. Yeah. Uh, it's endo. Yeah. Not that the bike endos, but just mm. the whole. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the roost because I just want to be a little contrarian tonight. Okay. Yeah. All right. Be my Valentine's, Matt. <laughs> I'm already victors. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay, so up next is going to be from Aaron uh, Piazza. He's been in the chat. Yeah, yeah. He's been. He's actually been emailing me. He's been excited to get his bike here. All right. So this is actually a very long one. I did count though, so it's not 69 mods, so it's not an automatic roost. Uh huh. But it's pretty close. Dude, he has spiderweb or 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 topo line graphics on that thing. Yeah. I, and on the swing arm guard too. Recovered. Yeah, I know. It's 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 graphicked up. Yeah, and he's right there in the chat. He's he's in there. He's posing. He's looking <laughs> happy. Okay. So 20 he, 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 It looks like he actually took some time to set this photo up too, mm-hmm. by the way, which is much better than the last one. Good lighting. This isn't where my bike was when I when I just happened to walk out with my phone and take a picture of it. Mm-hmm. Um okay. So I like this photo. 
All right. So it's 27. I already have an issue. Wait, no, I don't know if I have an issue. I'm boy. I having a hard time with, cause the graphics might well, be covering and it is a bigger tank. I was going to go. It's rally designed, but it's got a stock tank. If it had the stock tank on it, I'm going to have a problem because you can't do much of a rally with a stock tank, but go ahead. Right. So 2017 FE 501. This is Paul Neff's old bike. Nomad rally tower with Baja design lights. Do you know North how hammered that bike probably was? Probably pretty, pretty hammered. That bike's been out here before, right? Uh, no, I don't think so. He had a, he had a bike out here for a while. I yeah, thought. but it was a KTM 500. It wasn't a Husky. Oh, it wasn't Dave, a Husky. Dave had a Husky out here, though. Dave had a Husky. Okay. Yeah. I get confused. Lots so, of bikes. So Nomad Rally Tower with Baja Designs Light, True North Luggage Rack, Kreft Moto Suspension Build, AME Heated Grips, Trail Tech Voyager, Wheel Bearing Dust Covers. Oh, you know who was really wanting heated grips today? <laughs> uh, Mr. Ricky, Mr. Ricky uh, uh, Bra, Bra, oh, Burr, Burr, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Fastway foot pegs, P3 foot wraps. Uh, P3 carbon fiber exhaust shield, warp nine wheel set, Kickstarter add-on kit, battery capacitor for electrical starting, IMS four and a half gallon tank, new gray plastics, SKDA custom graphics, steg pegs, Polaris frame guards, EBC brake pads, dirt tricks washer, axle pulls, bulletproof cover caliber covers, calipers, chain guards, and fork guard, TM design work skid plate, Polaris ignition and cu- clutch cover. Polaris, yeah. That's not the Polaris, right? That's I don't, just I don't, another off. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, was, I was well when you said Polaris ignition, I'm like, what the? Yeah, I was yeah. a little confused too. Yeah, okay, keep going. Seat concepts, comfort seat, ASV levers, enduro engineering lever, grip wraps, fastway kickstand, swing arm covers, CNC rear axle blocks, rear brake reservoir cooler, SAS to battery, uh, air filter upgrade, California Cycle fuel, Works fuel pump, sick ass hand guards, rear turn signals. License plate bracket, DID chain chain guide, enduro engineering, case saver, TM design works chain slider, Scott's cable guide, T, TPMS off Amazon, temp gauge radiator cap, FMF muffler, horn. All emissions have been removed, and it has a Vortex ECU. So uh, I'm wondering, I'm hoping that that thing that I'm seeing in front of the cylinder down low is a horn. I don't know what it is, but... What did, he, what did he say about gas tank too? Did IMS four and a half gallon. IMS four. Okay, good. Because like if if it's a rally bike with a stock size tank, that's 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 no flat. That's no good. What is what, that? Is it just what, what is, is that, that? Yeah, I was wondering what that is too. Oh, it's the exhaust. No, what? it's not the exhaust. What is Why that? Is it orange? No, it's not the exhaust. I don't know what the the thing. It is it a muffin heater? Like you, you put your muffin inside of it and uh, warm it up while you ride. He so said it is a horn. It's a horn. But okay. It's... What a beluga horn or something. It... <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Um, I mean, that's a. Oh wait, Jimmy, we got problems. <laughs> Do you leave problems, that off, Jimmy? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Did, you know. did he say uh, pro uh, bulletproof designs front disc protector? Because that's what that is. Pulpit designs, uh, pulpit designs, covers, calipers, chain guards, a fort guard. He left the yeah. So he called. He's calling it a fort guard just to deflect interest from this. But the good thing is, I'm looking at it, and do you notice that it looks like the the bottom rim of that thing is actually scratched, like like right along the bottom of that. Does it look? This? Yeah, it doesn't look like it's 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 it looks seen like it, some use. It could have. It could also just be the reflection of the light. It could be. 
But uh, I'm not going to judge him based on one little disc rep- uh, protector. Right. This is a, this is a pretty bitchin' bike. Yeah. I, I I right away I like the graphics, which is odd because I usually don't. I'm not too Keen up on, on the, the the looks of things and stuff. But it looks so, like a good bike. I'm giving it a full roost. Oh, it, this is a roost. This is a roost. And I know he's been he's been it, excited. Oh, emergency can of chew. Thanks, Mike K. Matt. Yeah. <laughs> not everybody chews. Gold foil. <laughs> it's a horn. <laughs> it's gold foil. Okay. So roost. Yeah, hard roost for me too. So we've done Aaron Daryl. All right, we'll do Dave Br- uh Brunson Brunson. 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 Yeah, we'll go Brunson. Okay. Brunson. I'm assuming that's a stairway to heaven right there. That could be the stairway to heaven. Okay. 2017 Bone Stock 500 EXCF. And this is Endo because that is not Bone Stock. Yeah. Okay, so this is another guy that just pulled a picture out of his phone next yep. to the stairway of heaven. I kind of want to go riding there. I hate to say it. I kind of... It looks like there's a lot of good places to go explore. Thank God he put a big tank on his bike if he's yeah. going to go exploring. He's got some hand guards on it. Yeah. And, it almost uh, looks like a double take mirror, which, by the way, is one of our sponsors. Double take makes the best mirrors mm-hmm. for your dual sport bike. He has some um, Wolfman luggage on there. That's yep. obviously Wolfman luggage. The bone stock part that I'm really not liking is the tires. fact that the tires look bone stock. We're out on those. And it looks like he he left the bone stock license plate mount on there, and it got sucked into his wheel. <laughs> so, uh, endo, hard endo. You got to follow the rules. You got to follow the rules. Did he tell us what kind of make model it was? Your make model? Uh, actually, he told us the model, but he did not tell us if it was a KTM or not. Complete so fail. This, yeah, this, I don't know how we'd ever know. Yeah, because it could be a Husky or a Gas Gas. It, it it could just be a really weird Suzuki. Right. You never know. Okay. Follow the rules, people. All right, so up next we have <laughs> Ethan Wheeler. Okay. So this is, he is working on this build for the next District 38 series of this upcoming year. That is down in uh, very, very Southern California. Yeah, I... Can we can we zoom in on the bike? Well, I accidentally zoomed in on us. Oh, come on. It's not technical difficulties, it's just... Uh, it's Matt not knowing what he's doing. He should be more keyed into this. Who's who's he riding with there? They got the the Honda Pro uh, front sticker on there. It almost looks like somebody I know. Wearing Fox gear, Alpine Star. Is it boots. Fox? You know, it's Fly gear. That's not Fly. Is it? Pretty sure that's Fox. It looks a little bit like some guy. I know. What do you? <laughs> okay, here we go. We're zooming in and check it out. Was it FXR? It could be FXR. Yeah, it looks like FX, FXR. Yeah. Okay. And then, well, well, it has a headlight on it, so it can't be. And it's also FXR gear. Okay, so go back to the bike we're talking about. This let's, one right here. Off. Okay. 2021 KTM EXC F500 IMS four and a half gallon tank, fast weight end cap, JD tuner, Baja Designs headlight, and Darren Engineering skid plate, Scott steering stabilizer with BRP undermount, P3 carbon fiber guard. At Cherubi's hand guards, zero, uh, zero 02 delete and bung cap. You got to be careful about throwing those. those, <sighs> in, those, those it's Valentine's you, Day, guys. You, uh, custom turn. You're missing signals, your date. AKT. No, you're missing your date. I'm not missing Victor, my date. Victor. Oh, Victor. Uh, AKT oil filter and reeds have been pulled. MC360 mid hard tires. Trail tech radiator guards. What? What tires? 
uh, MC360 mid-hard tires. MC. It's Michelin? Or, I mean, not Michelin. Uh, Metz, Metzler? Mm. It's interesting. I just don't know that. Yeah. That. 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 It's that looks like a, that looks like a pretty good little build there. Um, I like the graphics. I like I like that blue on KTM's. I don't know why. Do you like my one that I threw some blue stuff on? Yeah, actually, I do. Really, yeah. I need to I need to figure out how to get the airbox on blue. I think it needs a sticker or something like that. But mm. I don't have to bad look name at sticker. It. <laughs> no, it needs the whole sticker to, to uh. tie it in because it has different colors in it. Uh, I think I think that's. I think it's okay. He's near Glamis. I like the picture. You like the picture? Yeah, I'm here. You want to go hang out there when it's like 120 degrees out in the desert? Uh, I'll I'll give it I'll give it a roost because I'm being a little soft right now, and mm-hmm. and the fact that he he has no problem riding with a guy in a Honda. Yeah, I do that all the time. I go riding <laughs> with a guy in a Honda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got yeah, so it's a roost for me. Okay. It's a roost. Yeah. All right. And so if you're wondering how you could submit your bike, it's really easy. You just send a picture with your your make and model. You know, try to do good with your picture because we get a little judgmental. Oh boy, here yeah, we go. Yeah, we don't want something like this. Send it to Matt at Jimmy Lewis Offroad.com. Uh, we will we will discuss your bike on the show and the bike that's the that are, that gives us the most entertainment is the way yep. I like to say it. Yep. Uh, the bike that gives us the most entertainment will be the bike that wins the hundred dollar hundred dollar gift certificate from Takamoto. Thanks to Taco Mike for uh, you know supporting this segment. If you need stuff for your especially your KTM, but like all kinds of stuff, actually Taco Mike's working on a Tenere. Oh yeah, so so we now we have something in common because I have a Tenere and Mike has a Tenere and he's probably going to put a lot of stuff on it and mm-hmm. I'm going to find the minimum stuff I need to make it just do what I want and mm-hmm. you know that I'm having problems with my Tenere. I can't say that because they're sponsored by Yamaha, right? <laughs> right, right. I I've identified a problem that probably wouldn't exist for 99 percent of the people because I the problem is I got so comfortable doing stuff with it I got really. I was enjoying riding it and stuff. And then I decided I was going to huck some kind of a big gap, double jump thing. Mm-hmm. It was actually a double, but you could land on a tabletop. Not the one you saw the other day, mm-hmm. but a different one. And I need to ride it like Barsha. I need to rev it more, mm-hmm. but I don't like doing that. I like using the torque and yeah, so low yeah. throttle openings. I'm having a little bit of an issue. So now we're going to start working on trying to tune that up. But most people don't try doing double jumps on Tenere's. No, so it's on no. me. And and the the reason I did it is because I was actually kind of testing suspension stuff. I'm trying to figure out how what I want to do to the suspension. Mm-hmm. But my suspension is so interconnected to how I use the throttle. Right. That now I can't test my suspension because I need to use my throttle differently. Right. Okay. What do we got? This is a, this is from Park Frankel. And this is the definition of just running to the garage taking a quick shot oh number two well he has a hey he has a spare wheel he does have a spare wheel but he couldn't spare the time to put the whole bike in frame yeah yeah but he couldn't spare that time all right 2016 ktm 500 exc still working that's a good year uh, still working on the build and would love to have Takamoto go through her to dial it all in. Full FMF Mega Bomb, AMD 4i slip on vortex ECU and he loves it 
well, good. You've screwed up by putting that muffler on there. Not the fact that it's an FMF. You screwed up because I can see that there's no insert in it. And if you haven't done a whole lot of other stuff to make that bike work like that, you have just effectively destroyed the power band on that motorcycle. How do I know? Because I tested it. <laughs> yeah. I, I tried every different combination of FMF muffler on that bike without doing anything else. And what I'm seeing there is the absolute worst one I ever experienced. I'm not kidding. Mm -hmm. So this bike endos just by me looking down the. Oh, it ended for me as soon as I saw the photo. I it's, it's like, just like, it's not cropped off. Like just, just like I'm checking out your girlfriend's ass. I'm looking at your motorcycle's muffler and it's, (laughs) it's really not pretty. Right. Yeah. So that is a endo. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Come on. You got to go back to that damn picture. This picture right so, here. So he has the um the uh the fast way, the pegs, the what do they call those pegs? The uh oh the ones that have that extra Tre- Trevor just did a just Trevor just did a review on these mm-hmm. and he sent it to me and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so we're actually talking about those. So it's a it's an extension out the back of the peg that's made to say if you kind of come up short on a jump or something and you you your ankle was gonna flex, it was gonna blow out your Keesley's tendon. This is a thing to protect it. And Trevor did a really good review on it. And uh, look for that on dirtbiketest.com. That's www.dirtbiketest.com. And although this bike has some pegs on it that we wanted to talk about, it's still endos. He doesn't even have his wheels set up right. So he has, see how he has his gold hub mm-hmm. on the rear. And then his gold hub is off there. And then his, his yeah. silver hub is over there. Yeah. That's that's like me putting a Husaberg wheel with a blue rim on the back of my KTM. Mm-hmm. Okay, so who won it for you tonight? It's no question. Aaron, the guy with the rally bike? Absolutely. Yeah. Do you know this, like how easy it is to, to pick this? Oh, it, it's not even close. Yeah. Not even no, close. That, that bike, that bike, it's completely outshined everything else. You know, mm-hmm. he's he, he took the time, put a list in. I just, I just, I'm just hoping it's not for sale because this is called Roost Endo or for sale. Right. Just like this show may be called Tech Talk Taco Tuesday and Strippers. Which uh, hasn't really taken off like you had like uh, you had hope it would. Uh, so tomorrow night, if you know anybody's in Vegas after the show and we want to go. Um, Partied up a little bit. Yeah, you know, might be able to. I got a locals card. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Aaron, go ahead and reach out to me at Jimmy Lewis Off-Road, and we'll get you dialed in with that $100 Taco Moto gift. Yeah, and I'm yep. glad you, by buying that bike, you helped send Paul Neff to Dakar, which yeah. was really awesome. Um, so that's good Good on you for for doing that. And if I, I, I think that was the bike before the KTM that he had mm-hmm. out here. I remember he had. But the good thing is Paul's a really good mechanic. Mm-hmm. Like kind of like kind of like me, yeah. And I'm not comparing us because there's there's no point. But he can tell when something's starting to go wrong and and knows how to fix it and like preventative maintenance. He, right, right. Because he rides stuff hard. Mm-hmm. We all we all do this stuff. So good good uh good on you for helping out with that. That was that was pretty awesome. So cool. Okay, I think that's a show. That's oh, you're ready. Do you got a date? I don't have a date. Oh, no. it's just eight fifty eight. It's just eight fifty. And you don't have a date. Well, I don't have a date, but I don't. Hey, have Victor, questions. you want me? Just uh, just text me. I'll send you Matt's contact info. Yeah, you guys could probably meet in Barstow. You, you get there before midnight. 
it'll all work out. You well, can it, it's, Valentine's. It's cold, and you know, I, I kind of need some of those Burlington jackets. <laughs> yeah, bring a Burlington jacket for him. You guys can experience static electricity together. <laughs> Feeling so- <laughs> uh, yeah sparks will fly sparks will fly <laughs> what type of what we're gonna find out yeah and to matt's friend what was what was your friend's name i forgot already uh claire claire that's yeah. right uh sorry <laughs> <laughs> so no <clears throat> oh, thanks for uh listening thanks for uh watching the show however you're watching it whether you're watching it live you're watching it on the facebook's or the youtube's uh, or even in the podcast format, it really, really helps us out. If you do share this, tell a friend, um, you know, put it in your social feeds. This show's actually growing quite a bit. And believe it or not, where it's really growing mm-hmm. is in the, the previous episodes. Because somebody will find it and say, hey, those two ding-dongs. And I, I, I replaced this ding-dong with other ding-dongs. We mm-hmm. used to have this other guy. Remember his, the, the kid? What was his name? Uh, you know, all I remember is the, he didn't talk much. He didn't talk much, and the numbers kind of went up when. And, and the other kid, got, remember the other kid that Titty Tail, Titty Tail, yeah. <laughs> so, but the old, uh, you can go through the archives and check out some of the older shows, and then and then you'll have a little bit of a basis, and you can come back and tell us how much we've wrecked the show. Uh, since I brought on my producer as my co-host. Right, right. And, you know, expect some uh, more improvements coming. More improvements coming. I'm actually going to work on the studio one of these days. I have uh, an idea or two. I actually, sitting here is actually good. I, I want to revamp this. Oh, I'm yeah. going to revamp that. By the way, you're pointing at Climb. Climb is an awesome sponsor of the show, like many others. Uh, I actually just got my first ever F5 helmet from them. Did you like it? This thing's awesome. I I actually, believe it or not, I like F3 better than F5 because they're just really? a little bit lighter uh-huh. and, and the fit is a little bit better for me. Okay. But, you know, because fit is everything for me in helmets because right, I know right. how important that is. But, yeah, I, I, I'm a big F3. Sometimes when I when I, when I I thought I was riding fast, I thought, oh, maybe I should wear F5 with choroid mm-hmm. and stuff. But, um, hey, I, I, and I also, you know, since your, since your friend uh, was going to watch this show to yeah. uh, to see how I picked on you. yeah, yeah. I wanted to point out that you do a freaking mean butt whip. Oh, I'm very aware of this. Do you know? Do you, so, so yeah. you know that when you go off the jump, you turn the bars and kick your butt out. Yep. Yep. It made I, me, I'm trying to fix this. It, it made me works. jealous. Like it, it literally <laughs> made me because I, I, I thought I was the king of that. Yeah. yeah. And, and you, then I showed up. Yeah. You got it better. So. No, I, it's, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. So at the end of Rooster Endo, Matt. Yep repost a photo of the winner so everybody can see yeah. this that's a mark that's a great idea and hey, for that I said I, improvements are coming soon and, and, I, and for that mark i think that you should get a uh an award like a t-shirt that yeah. we would actually send to you a ricky brob Bra- Bra- it's spelled Dead. i i think is i know it has bra in it right there he's got a poster up here oh yeah. And it says Brabeck. Oh. Yeah, that's what that's what Siri tells me when I, I say, Hey, call call Ricky and she says, Calling Ricky Brabeck. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm gonna okay. get I'm gonna get it next time when his fingers aren't so cold, I'm gonna get him uh to sign something for you and uh we'll be all good. So cool. Okay, uh support us also by clicking through our Amazon links and the Rocky Mountain ATVMC links on our website, dirtbiketest.com. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, but check us. Uh, yeah, go ahead and share it. And so, if we'll you ever listen to the beginning of the show, so if you listen to the beginning of the show, 
and you see that like we can't really describe what we did during the show. This is where my brain's at right now. Right. I'm having a hard time uh, understanding this stuff. So, so we'll uh, wrap it there. We'll wrap it there. Hey, everybody, we'll see you out on the trail. Cheers. See you.